powerful group. Namaste. So the, the title of our lesson this morning is The Best of Health. And today's lesson begins our focus for February, and that is applying spiritual principles and techniques to the areas of health, love, wealth, and success. So, of course, subsequent weeks, we'll have love, then we'll have wealth, then we'll have success. See how easy that is. <coughs> Pardon me. So, I want to give us a little disclaimer before we get into talking this morning about applying spiritual principles and techniques to health. And the disclaimer is this. The universe, presence, source, God, Yahweh, Big Daddy, whatever you want to call this transformative energy that we are all a part of and that we all may use, whatever you call it, the universe is aware that no one sits around thinking, gee, I wish I could get a cold. Gee, I wish I could get an illness. Oh, I'm just too physically fit and I can't have that. And we wanted this to get this out of the way right up front because those are the things that lead to New Age guilt, as we call it. What have I done wrong? Well, you are the right and perfect expression of divine energy operating in right and perfect order. Let's let go of focusing on what I did wrong and begin focusing on all that we're doing right. Got it? And so that's where we want to go because people get caught up in that. What's, what's in my consciousness to have caused this stopped up nose or some other vitally function rather than focusing on their powerful time and attention on thoughts, visualizations, affirmations, principles, and techniques which align their consciousness, their energy, their physical being with the vibrant and healthy energy of presence. It's the same as standing in a dark room and wondering, why is it so dark in this room? How did I get here? People will spend hours and hours wondering how they got there until they come ultimately to just one conclusion. And that conclusion is, well, maybe now's the time to turn on the light. Contemplating how an illness of any type has arrived is standing in the dark room, wondering how we got there. Applying spiritual principles and practice to bring oneself back into alignment with the health and vibrant energy of presence is turning on the light. Raymond Charles Barker used to say sometimes a cold is just a cold. How right he was and still is. And if we apply Barker's wisdom, we can also say sometimes a tumor is just a tumor. Sometimes a knee replacement is just a knee replacement. Sometimes HIV is just HIV. Let go of focusing on the causation of an illness. Since even if someone was to determine the actual mental causation for the illness, you know what? <laughs> they still have to turn on the light. We're going to be working with the laws of the universe anyway. Always. So why not work with them from the very beginning for perfect health at the start? Esther Hicks said, find thoughts that feel good because it is inevitable 
that you're going to always be moving towards something. So why not be moving towards something that's pleasing? You cannot cease to vibrate. And the law of attraction will not stop responding to the vibration that you are offering. So expansion is inevitable. You provide it, whether you, whether you know you do or not. The only question is, what is the standard of joy that you are demanding for yourself? From our non-physical perspective, it's a very high standard. Your thought, your vibration, and understand, and, and your thought, your vibration, and your predominant practiced and repeated thoughts serve as first cause to your feeling vibration. Now, doctors will tell us that bacon, yummy, crispy bacon, you know, the kind like Paul Winston puts into his macaroni and cheese, that he'll have a big serving of for the potluck at the end of the month. Not that I'm trying to influence what anybody brings. Doctors will tell us that bacon, eating bacon, has, that the bacon itself has such a high level of cholesterol within the bacon that eating that bacon can lead to heart attacks or stroke. And we're not going to dispute medical research. We're only going to point out that other medical research shows that vegans, you know, the lettuce and kale crowd, and we love the lettuce and kale crowd. We really do. More bacon for us. However, research shows that vegans also have heart attacks and strokes. So how can this be? Well, if we were saying it's all within the realm of thought, perhaps the vegans who are eating healthy are also practicing and repeating thoughts of, gee, I really wish I had some bacon. But that's probably another talk. So let's peel this back. Heart attacks and strokes, heart attacks and stroke, both represent some sort of blockage within the physical circulatory system. Studies of heart patients and stroke patients also show many of these individuals carry around a lot of less than positive judgment of themselves or of the external world. They worry a lot, thus creating a blockage in their flow of universal energy. In The Science of Mind, Holmes wrote, judgment is merely the law of cause and effect operating. The universe holds nothing against anyone. We are judged by our own acts. Punishment and reward are automatic reactions of the law. Punishment and reward are automatic reactions of the law. And what Holmes is calling law, we are calling spiritual principles. The spiritual principles of the law of cause and effect, the spiritual principle of the law of attraction. So a less than positive judgmental thought carries a low level vibrational charge. And this low level vibrational charge being emitted through the individual's consciousness carry the thought that attracts more low level vibrational energy, thus producing a low level, less than positive effect within the human body. Now we can apply this analogy, not just with 
heart attacks and strokes, but this analogy of how is our interaction with the flow of the universe to any avenue of our journey and begin to look at, well, is it not that I'm thinking about illness, but is it that, that I'm thinking about less than up-leveled thoughts and ideas? Want to avoid ever having a heart attack or a stroke? Of course you do. Eat one kale salad for every serving of Paul's mac and cheese and keep your thoughts on high. Keep your thoughts on high. Focus your mind on thoughts which promote love, joy, kindness, and forgiveness. This is why Gary Zukoff said, by choosing your thoughts and by selecting which emotional currents you will release and which you will reinforce, you determine the quality of your life. You determine the effects you will have upon others and the nature of the experiences in your life. And so this allows us to look internally for what's going on for us. Not internally as far as what we're ingesting, but also physically, but what we're ingesting mentally and spiritually. If you take a look at your affirmation card this week, it's an unknown quote, and it says, I don't eat junk foods and I don't think junk thoughts. Just love that. Because if we can say that clearly, I only eat healthy foods and I only think healthy thoughts, then that allows us to focus on evolving a positive energy within our being, a positive energy within our consciousness, totally releasing the external world for the responsibility of how our body presents itself. Great story. There's a moral here. And this fellow goes to, the, to his doctor, and the doctor has seen both this guy and his wife for many, many years. And he says, and the fellow says to the doctor, you know, doc, I really think my wife is going deaf, and I don't know what to do about it. I'm very worried. I think she's going deaf. And, and the doctor said, well, here's what I want you to do. When you go home, we're going to verify if she's deaf, deaf or not, and you can test her hearing. So when you get home, stand a good ways away from her and just ask her one question. It doesn't matter what it is. And if she doesn't answer the, answer the question right away, move a little closer and ask again. And just keep repeating this until she answers. And then you'll be able to tell just how hard of hearing she is. Great suggestion. So the man goes home and he tries it out. And he walks in the door and he calls out, honey, what's for dinner? And he doesn't hear a response. So he moves into the next room, a little closer to the kitchen, and he calls out again, honey, what's for dinner? And still no answer. And so finally, he just keeps repeating this over and over and over. Each time, getting taking a step closer, taking a step closer, the wife never responds. Finally, he's right, right behind her, and he says, honey, what's for dinner? And she says, well, for the 15th time, it's meatloaf. <laughs> There's no reason to look outside our individual selves for cause. The Buddha said every human being is the author of their own health or disease. Every human being is the author of their own health or disease. And this is why whenever we're working with someone with a health issue from a spiritual level, I always tell them, begin the practice 
with God first. We don't want to get wrapped up in the analysis paralysis of what caused the illness. You know, Holmes will tell us in the in in the text, and we're we're going over this right now. Bless you, in our practitioner class, that it is the sum total of our thoughts which create our experience. And so, if we're having little worrisome thoughts over and over and over and over and over again, that will impact the body chemistry, our body chemistry, because those worrisome thoughts carry a lower vibration. A great case in point, and, and I had forgotten all about this until the Tuesday night class, but you know, in, in my high school, in, when I was in high school, my senior year, my senior year, prom, a week before prom, and months leading up to prom, you know, prom, is expen prom, prom was expensive then. I hate to think what it is now, but of, but of course, raised without much money. We didn't have much money. And so I always had this concern going into prom. How was I going to buy the tickets? How was I going to rent the tux? How was I going to get the dinner, you know, buy the dinner? All those things you have to do for prom, all those needless thoughts and worries that really at 17, I shouldn't have been carrying around, but I did. But I did. And a week before my prom, and I still hadn't rented the tux, made the dinner reservation, bought the corsage. Okay. Put it off, put it off, put it off. Worry, worry, worry. A week before the prom, I wound up in the hospital with an emergency appendectomy. What a great excuse to not have to go to prom. But isn't it interesting that thoughts that I didn't need to have or be having impacted an organ that I really didn't need or achieved anything? That was my first experience without realizing it, how the universe responded to our worrisome thoughts. That was the first experience of my being the own author of my health or disease. Now, I didn't think, I wasn't sitting around going, oh boy, I hope I get an appendectomy and I don't have to go to the prom. I was just worried about all the expenses of the prom and that sum total of thought impacted my physical being. And when you begin to realize that, wow, I can stay centered in the flow of source, I can, begin crafting my journey by thinking thoughts of love, of joy, of forgiveness. Then I can, when you begin doing that, not only does it impact your own physical being, but it allows you to interact with others in such a manner that your positive expression of source begins to impact them in a positive way. And whatever is going on for them will not impact you. You know, Mother Teresa walked amongst some of the most diseased and infectious people of our time. She never, ever got ill. And she just lovingly cared for these individuals. That's all she wanted to do. And she did not transition from any illness. She transitioned when she was good and ready on her, in her own time from what? From life, really. We don't want to say old age because what's old? She transitioned from life, from this journey into a next one, 
into the next one, but she never, ever became ill because of her work. She never, ever took an inoculation. So we get to decide how we're going to present ourselves to the world and to the universe. Jung says, your vision will become clear only when you look into your heart. Who looks outside dreams? Who looks inside awakens? Who looks inside awakens? And I love this quote for a talk on health because this is really all that we're doing when we're talking about health is we're talking about bringing ourselves to a greater realization, a greater awareness of the vibrant and healthy energy of presence that we are. We're talking about bringing ourselves into a point of consciousness where we know like we know like we know the doctor's diagnosis does not matter. Whatever that doctor's diagnosis is. That it is a temporary nothing attempting to be a something. But we're more powerful than that. And when you get clear in that, you begin to realize, well, if I've got something facing me that is less than comfortable from a physical perspective, the work that I have to do is not only physical, working with the doctor's office, always take the pill. We believe in all forms of healing, whether it be the pill or the prayer. But I also have to bring myself back into alignment with that energy of source. And in that energy of source, we can begin working at the spiritual, mental, and physical level to begin crafting a more healthy experience. I like to point out during these, these lessons on health, because I know a lot of folks who say, well, you know, I affirm and I treat and I meditate and I do Reiki, I do all that great stuff every day. <coughs> Pardon me. So I am not, I don't need to buy insurance. The only reason I have insurance now is to avoid the penalty. Okay. And insurance is not there to, to serve as a means for us to say, well, if I ever get sick, I've got it. The insurance is there for us to have peace of mind. So that as we move forward and to understand that it's a part of our journey, to understand that it's a part of our journey. You know, in, in Blue Cross and Blue Shield, there was a little tip a way back about unnecessary extra charges through Blue Cross and Blue Shields on the policies that they would issue. And one policy they issued was to uh, the Catholic Roman Catholic Diocese of Spokane. And they required the 66 priests within that diocese to, to have an extra 30 cents per month for maternity benefits. Now there's having insurance to keep us in alignment. And then there's having insurance that is really kind of like a mistake to have. And we, 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 we want to look at the two. Do I have insurance because I know it's keeping me in the flow? Or do I have insurance because I'm accepting what society tells me I need to have? Big difference in those two. And when we're in the flow, we begin looking beyond the causation. Louise Hay said, in her book, I Can Do It, She's, she says, you'll never create good health by thinking, talking about your illness. Good health comes from love and appreciation. 
You want to put as much love in your body as you possibly can. Talk to it and stroke it in loving ways. If there's a, if there's a part of your body that's ailing or diseased, then you want to treat it as you would, would a sick little child. Tell, how much, tell it how much you love it and that you're doing everything that you can to help it get well quickly. You want to love that part of your body that is experiencing a discomfort, as opposed to being upset as to why do I have this cold? Why do I have whatever it is? You know, I love the idea that when people say, oh my God, you know, I'm trying to catch a cold. I like to remind them, put down the net. Put down the net and turn on the light. We, we need to stop looking at ways to get ill and begin looking at ways to express and experience more God in our consciousness. This past Thursday, Dan and I went to a memorial service up in Dalton. And the memorial was for someone whose parents were told by the doctors while she was still an infant that she had spina bifida and would not live beyond the age of six, maybe seven. And her parents decided that even though she was going to be living with spina bifida, that she would live in love. She would live in love and love her they did, both in word and action and example. And when she approached six, the parents decided not to put her in school because, well, you know, based on what the doctor said, she could transition any day. Well, when she approached her 20s, the doctors were saying, with her spina bifida, just remember, she could go at any time, so just keep loving her. And her parents decided that they would love her enough to send her to Warm Springs, Georgia, for the healing qualities of the water, and also for her to receive some job training, because she, of course, had never had any formal education. And then in her 30s, she worked in her parents' store and at the local church in Dalton. And in her 40s and 50s, she was babysitting. And in her 60s and 70s, she was helping cooking and helping tend to her 100-year-plus mother, who was doing a treadmill in her late 80s and early 90s. And in her 80s, the little girl was spina bifida. She was ser serving as a living example of someone raised into adulthood with only one intention, to love. To love, to express love, to receive love, to just be love. And this cousin of Dan's, her name was Helen, her name was Helen, only knew how to give and receive love unconditionally. And we would go to see her, and her, her eyes, her arms would fly open to hug and be hugged. And this was the awesome welcome that everyone received. Helen, whose parents were told she would not live to be six, lived to be just two weeks shy of her 82nd birthday. Her final expression of love to life itself was she decided to donate her body for research to Emory 
So maybe, just maybe, some other parents would not be told their little girl might not live past six years of age. Well, if the healing qualities of love can show on a CT scan, then Helen's going to get her final wish. Now, I knew Helen for 27 years. 27 years. And in all that time, she never once said to me, I have spina bifida. In 27 years, she never claimed ownership of that diagnosis. She knew she was not her diagnosis. She only mentioned the high thoughts, the high ideas. Occasionally, she and I would gossip about some of Dan's relatives that were not as much fun, but we didn't do that often. She focused on the positive. She focused on the positive and the spiritual principles of the law of attraction and the law of cause and effect responded perfectly. Perfectly. She was raised in a consciousness and energy to only give and receive love. Even with the advancements in medical research today about spina bifida, Helen's diagnosis over seven years ago, right, with today's research, they say individuals with spina bifida would not live past their 20s or 30s. So knowing that God is love, we could also say that Helen was raised in a manner to give and receive God. She was raised in a manner to give and receive the vibrations that are in alignment with the health and vitality of source. Regardless of how someone was raised, anyone can start right now, right now, to only give and receive love, to only give and receive the thoughts, the images, and the vibrations that are in alignment with the health and vitality of source. It doesn't matter how anyone was raised. It matters what we choose to do from this moment forward. Deepak Chopra said, spiritual awareness is not only one of the keys to the healing process. Spiritual awareness is the only way that a healing can occur. So if I may take the risk of defining what a spiritual experience is, it is, it, it is one in which pure awareness reveals itself to you as the maker of reality, the author of your experience where you suddenly discover through insight or meditation or freak accident that your essential nature is spiritual, non-material. Your essential nature is pure energy. Your essential nature, nature is to work in alignment with the spiritual principles that govern our existence. Always knowing the effect is a perfect example to the vibrational cause we have put forward. The vibrational cause we have put forward. So we want to step into this awareness that using Helen's story, her life, as the example, her willingness to only give and receive love, that that is an example for us to never claim an illness, to never tell people that we are ill. We're not saying it doesn't exist, but to not claim it, 
to never own it for ourselves. Illness is one of those things which a person should resist on principle at the onset. At the onset. And it is resisting that in principle we can begin working with spiritual principle, knowing that if we have to go to the doctor, that's the universe responding to the spiritual work that we've been we've been doing. Healing is not a process. It is a revelation for the revealing of the perfect you. And we get into that revelation of the perfect you through by always going within, through the practice and study of our, our spiritual principles and techniques. This is going to mean meditation. This is going to mean affirmative prayer work. This is going to mean looking at, well, am I having thoughts that are weighing heavy on me? How do I remove them? How do I begin focusing on something positive? Me personally, I like to watch the old reruns of the Big Bang Theory. I don't know about you. It makes me laugh. Or Monty Python movies. But you get to decide how you're going to shift that energy of consciousness so you begin shifting that energy of the endorphins, the chemical reactions that are running through your bodies. I want to share something. I'm going to do a treatment with you. It's one of mine. And if you want it, email me. I'll send it to you. And so I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes for a moment and accept this affirmative prayer for yourself. And watch how this goes. I recognize the vitality and healthy energy of the universe and it, as it unfolds into life-giving expression. I know this joyous vitality and healthy power as only the demonstration of the grace of God giving freely of itself to all of life. In this truth, I am open and receptive to all of the givingness of God and allow my consciousness to be an ever-expanding outlet for the grace of the Spirit of the Most High. I allow my consciousness to only dwell in thoughts of perfect health. As an expression of the health, healthy life of God, I, only, I allow only desirable ideas of glorious health and vitality to precipitate my healthy and energized physical experience. As an outlet for Spirit's healthy demonstration, I live my life in complete and total health. I have no need for a false idea of illness or disease of any kind as it would serve only as a temporary distraction from the limitless truth of my healthy expression of Spirit, mind, and body. I claim perfect health as mine in this moment and every moment going forward, knowing this claim is made in full cosmic alignment with the boundless vitality and health of divine mind, I move forward affirming as a perfect expression of God, I am meant to live in perfect health, joyful vitality, and complete and total wellness. In gratitude and love, I give thanks for the knowing these words are so, and I let them be so, and so it is.
whatever is going on for you. Serious illness or post-nasal drip. Don't climb it. Dr. Tom Costa, one of my favorite folks, used to say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to stop and build a condo there. And we build those condos, people build those condos one thought at a time. One worrisome thought, one negative expression of energy at a time. And what we're saying to you is keep on moving. Keep on moving. Keep on moving with the flow of source that you are. And when you keep on moving with the flow of source that you are, you're going to find that your entire journey, your entire journey is living in and as the best of health. And so ends our lesson. Namaste. All right. If you would please say the offering affirmation with me. Infinite mind. Infinite mind. In as and through me. In as and through me. Blesses and multiplies my offering. Blesses and multiplies my offering. It does its good and perfect work. It does its good and perfect work. And returns to me. And returns to me. Multiplied abundantly. Multiplied abundantly. And if the ushers would please come forward as they're coming forward, it's my pleasure to introduce again Miss Jennifer Farron. <laughs>